Uh, hello? Hello. Hello. Sorry, I'm taking out my dog. Well, we can talk <laughs> about something while she's doing that. Warning, this podcast contains bad language. And scenes that some listeners may find offensive. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Seeing Things Differently. Floy Mess Across the Pond. With Kay and Cleves. And Angie and Kimberly. Welcome everyone to episode three of Seeing Things Differently, Blindness Across the Pond. We are once again collaborating with a brand new topic for everyone to enjoy. This time around, we're talking about getting about. So lovely little guide dogs, long canes, all the lovely things that you see out and about. And as always, with the last two episodes, we are joined by Angelie and Kimberly. Angelie. Hey guys. Angelie. What did I say, Angelie? <laughs> Angelie Kimberly. You were trying to combine. You were yeah. trying to combine yes. the names. That's the Yeah. <laughs> uh, and of course, we have Cleves. Cleves, I think you're fine. <laughs> I didn't know Kimberly and I were a couple. <laughs> oh, well. It's all coming out of the woodwork. <laughs> I know, right? She's uh, in the bedroom, Kimberly. That's where the magic happens. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> go there. So, how are you guys doing? I'm doing, doing well, well, thank you. There we go, in unison. We're not even like sitting next to each other or anything, and it's just no nope. brainwaves across the state. Exactly, <laughs> that's what it is. That's good. And Cleves, no one cares. We <laughs> 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 don't care how you are. Oh, it's because I'm in bad nice shape. That's leaves. why. Uh, he, he's right. Get your get your violins out. I've got a broken foot. I'm still like Aww. I had my booster jab for COVID the other day, so I'm still like oh, getting please. side effects of that. You know, I'm a, oh, so I'm a disheveled sad. individual. See, what he's not saying is he broke his foot. He was drunk and he fell down the stairs. I wasn't drunk. I was hungover. <laughs> I mean, much of a much <laughs> it's a difference. Oh <laughs> man. man. Oh, no. You're good though, aren't you, Cleves? Yeah, yeah. Great. On the menu. It's good. He got no sympathy from me. I got no sympathy from anyone. Literally, everyone looked at me, and as soon as they saw the boot on my foot, laughed openly in my face. That's the British way. It is. I it wouldn't is. have had it any other way. Totally the UK way. <laughs> awesome. So, as I said, this time around, we're going to be talking about everything mobility aids and how the visually impaired and blind make it out and about and do everything we need to do. So, in both the US and the UK, there are assistance dogs and guide dogs. So we'll start off with the uh, the furry friends that we have. In the UK, we only have one choice when it comes down to assistance dogs, and that's the Guide Dogs for the Blind charity. It's the only place you can get a guide dog. Other places have tried to do it in the past, but it never works. Uh, guide dogs for the blind are incredibly rich and incredibly powerful. And they've set a standard, basically. Their standard of training the dogs is top-notch, and they will not tolerate any other standards, whether they're better or worse or whatever be the case. So they have breeding centres all over the country. You can only get the dog from them. And it has its pros, it has its cons, but there's lots of options in the States, isn't there? Yeah, but where where is yours located? So as is all over the, the country, so their main oh, okay. place is uh, a place called Leamington Spa. 
and that's their national breeding centre. If you're ever in the UK, you can book tours around the puppy centre. Really? And, oh, nice. Yes. Not during coronavirus times, but outside of the COVID times, you can book tours and you go mm-hmm. around and you can play with litters of 20 Labrador and Gold Retriever puppies. Yes, and I want to do that. They just bounce around. That's all they do. And can you take one home? Oh. You can't. Are they available at the gift shop at the end? <laughs> Maybe the failed <laughs> ones. Mm. The ones that don't pass and just have a little gift, like a little price tag around the corner. Ten quid or best offer. <laughs> Maybe for some of them. I would love to go and play with litters of puppies and watch them bounce around and be happy. I think there's a bit of a waiting list. I don't think you can just rock up on the day. I think there's a waiting <laughs> list to go and uh, play with the puppies. Oh. <laughs> but you can do it um, outside of like COVID times. But what's it like in, in the States? Like, What options do you have? So you have plenty of options in the States. And by plenty, I mean we have over 12 guide dog programs. Two well-known guide dog programs, which is the Seeing Eye, which is in New Jersey. That was the first guide dog school in the U.S. And then the second one is Guide Dogs for the Blind in San Rafael, California. And they have another smaller campus in Oregon. Those two schools are like the Nike and Adidas of guide dog schools, if you know, to put it that way. <laughs> At number three, there's Guiding Eyes. They're, they are in New York. I think in New York, there's two guide dog schools, but Guiding Eyes is the third one that's very well known. They have a very unique running guide program, which is really cool. And then there's Leader Dogs, which is in Michigan and, you know, other guide dog schools, other guide dog programs, which are smaller. But, you know, we've we have over 12 of them. And, and obviously, you need to decide if you want a dog, you need to decide where you want to go. What style of training do you, do, you, do you prefer? I know the seeing eye, they do not use rewards. They use praise, you know, praise and affection and, and also correction. You know, it's correction-based. So you need yeah. to decide if you want rewards-based training, like most of the schools do, or praise-based, correction-based training. You need to decide also, the school, you need to decide on, like, what suits your lifestyle. Do you want to go to a program for two weeks three weeks does it matter to you if you own the dog immediately upon graduation or does it matter if you want to wait a year to two years to be able to own your dog does vet assistance from your school like do you do you, does is that something that you would want or does it not matter to you do they give you like a syllabus for this do they say like oh this is what we do here here and here at this particular program and then you choose one or, and they, then, or do they decide whether you're eligible? Well, you have to be legally blind to, to apply to any guide dog school, which is, you know, 20 over 200 or worse with best correction or a visual field of 20 degrees or less. People and don't give you a syllabus. Like yes, like, yes. Medical mm-hmm. forms and stuff like that. All schools require medical forms declaring that you're legally blind you know, forms from your doctor to make sure that you're physically fit and, you know, emotionally stable to work a dog. You all schools require you to have some sort of route or, or, you know, to be able to work a dog because, you know, you have to give the dog work. It's not going to be a glorified pet. You have to do your research. No one gives you a syllabus like, oh, here are all the guide dogs. No, it's, you know, to your own research. 
you have to be the one to research, you know, if you want a dog. You know, there are guide dog groups on Facebook, which I'm a part of. Everyone's going to say that their school is the best school because they like the program that they went to. But I always tell people, look at what you need and what works for you. Does it matter to you if you go away to a school or would you rather prefer a place, you know, a program that you can, that, that brings the dog to you to train at home? You that's know, so that's another too. option. Yeah. They, they, yes. it's called, um, Oh, here, but that's only for students yeah. in Wisconsin and Minnesota. Okay. We have a school here called Occupaz. It's a small school. Yeah. They do home-based training and it's for people within the state of Wisconsin to be able to have a guide dog. And they also have, we also have another program called custom canines and they do guide dogs. They do um, PTSD dogs for veterans. They do autism assistant dogs for children. So which one did you choose, Angie? Which one did you go for? Well, here's the difference in the U S per the ADA, you can also owner train. If uh, let's say you have a disability and there's no program that, that caters to your disability or if you want to just owner train your own dog you can I know people who have owner trained their own guide dogs and have never gone to a single program or if you are able to do it you can have your dog privately trained I'm going the privately trained route I chose not to go to a program for my first dog reason being is I know somebody who has raised and trained service dogs for 16 years she is one of my good friends she lives in my area and she knows what I want in a dog. She has experience. And I also chose the route because I wanted to bond with my puppy early. I wanted to help with the raising. And you chose your dog outside of that privately trained person. Yes. I went through a breeder with my dog. I told her what I wanted in a dog. And she said, okay, you're going to have to think about whether you want a dog from a breeder or if you want to go to a shelter, through a shelter and She's like, you know, make sure you do your research. She told me if I, you know, and I said, well, I'm going to go through a breeder because, you know, it is my first and I want to be sure that I choose a dog, you know, with the right yeah. temperament <laughs> and stuff like that. I mean, I'm not trying to say that a shelter dog isn't great. They are great. I know of shelter dogs who have become fabulous service dogs. It's um, just personal preference. Just like it's personal school. preference. Yeah, it's personal preference too, you know. Who knows? Maybe my next dog might come from a shelter. I don't know. I've never I've never adopted a dog from a shelter before and it's something that I definitely want to do someday. Yeah. But I said, Well, if I have the money, I'll go through a breeder and I saved money to to get my dog. I, I spoke to so many different breeders and I spoke to the one where I got him from and saved up for him. And honestly, you know, it, it, it's all preference and it's, it's hard work, uh, but I, I did my homework. I did my research into what I wanted. And, and my trainer went with me to, to go pick him out. She evaluated him, performed a puppy aptitude test, which is like a temperament test. And he's the one I took home. So I think what amazes me is like how much choice you have with with your dog because over here we because we only have the one charity, they yeah. breed all of the guide dogs. All of the guide dogs in the UK are from the same oh, wow. charity, and there's multiple stages. But they will clear out dogs that aren't what they would perceive good enough 
very early, yeah. within six months, dogs that are not going to be good enough as far as their standards, they usually get auctioned off to yeah. uh, the police, the army, uh, other yep. charities. Yep. And they yep. auction them off That's as what a, which, is, which is still good. It's still good. I mean, I, I would say guide dogs are probably, you want them to be the smartest. And you, you can train, like, for airport security, a dog to smell drugs. They don't have to be the smartest dog in the world. You just give them a lot of training. Yep, exactly. No, it's the same thing here with um, guide dog programs. If a dog is not fit to be a guide dog, it, it either can go back to its puppy raiser, get adopted out, or... If there is a another career that they could go into, like a police dog or bomb detection or 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 to another service dog program to serve someone else, then they do that. Yeah, because I know that programs, they will switch out dogs and they'll also like they'll switch out like breeding stock and stuff like that, too. We should have put, put the dogs on the employment episode. <laughs> yeah, oh, I know. I know. And, and yeah, interesting careers. Yeah. And like my. Um, my dog's breeder, she even told me that some of her dogs have gone to be um, service dogs. You know, some of her puppies or she's had some dogs that she's donated to leader for breeding. And so I, I, I spoke to so many lab breeders and they all, most of them told me the same thing that, you know, one of them had dogs that went to guiding eyes. So, yeah. <laughs> um, now for yeah. us, we... Um, we have an application process where you can be denied if you apply to a certain school. I'm not sure what their factors are in accepting someone or denying someone, but I know someone who's been denied. And sometimes I notice that now this isn't anyone's case of on here or obviously, or uh, most of the time, this isn't the case, I hope, but. I do notice that sometimes people just get a dog because for the glorified aspect where it's like, oh, yay, I want a service dog. And really that vision, their vision is passable with a cane or like it just seems that they just have the attitude that it'd be cool to have a guide dog. Yeah. And they get one and the guide dog isn't very well trained or uh things like that and it's just like you but know I, I just noticed that it's a good live stream it's because, they, it's because it's because they muddied the training you know and the thing the important thing is when you get it when you when you commit to getting a guide dog you also have to commit and realize that even though you go through training, the training doesn't end there. The training mm-hmm. still continues when you get home. The training still continues, whether it's been three months, six months, a year, two years, that training is still going to continue. So, I mean, yes. yeah, you yeah. have a highly trained service dog, but you know what? Dogs are dogs. They're not robots. They're still going to make mistakes. They're still going to fuck up. Yeah. Right. You know, at the end of the day, it's a dog. And that, that's that's I'm, similar here. Like that that is similar here. Like what you're saying about sort of being denied, Kimberly. That, and that happens here with the guidance for the blind charity in the UK. They will deny people. Now, on average, it costs from the beginning to the end of training fifty thousand pounds, which is around yeah. sixty-five, seventy thousand oh, dollars to yeah. train oh, one yeah. of the dogs. I give yeah, seven pounds a month to, to those guys. Dogs. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's per yeah. dog. That's per dog. And Oh, I know. I know. These dogs are fifty to $60,000. Train. Where is my eight? When, you know, when going? you, when you get it from a, from a, from a, from a program, they raise all this money and effort to train these dogs. And it's just like, if you're going to get a dog, just be sure that you're going to use it properly and that you're going to give it the work it needs and that, that it's not going to just sit at home all day. That That's it. And because of that, guide dogs in the UK, well, me and Cleese, we know someone who has been denied for a guide dog three times. Do we? Wow. Yes. Fester. Is it because oh. of vision or is it because they don't? They're totally have... blind and they want a guide dog. But their mobility and their independence is so That's poor. That's why. Oh, the yeah. guide dogs have told them every single time, "You don't do enough for yourself, and you're not independent enough for us to make this investment in you. You're not getting right." One. And their argument, exactly. their arguments, like, "Well, if I had the guide dog, I'd be more independent." They're like, "Well, no, no, do you no, need to you're be gonna get lost. Mm. You're going to get lost with a dog. I'm sorry." And that's the thing that people don't understand, even here in the U.S. Like. I have seen posts from people all the time in guide dog groups. They're like, oh, I, I want a dog. I don't like my chain. I don't want to use my chain. And I'm just kind of like, look, no school is going to accept you if you do not hone in your cane skills. And if you do not go out and about and, 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 and if you're not independent traveling by yourself, because a guide dog is not a GPS system. You're the brains. You're the brains behind the dog. You're the one telling the dog, Hey, turn left, turn right, go forward. The dog's not going to, you know, you're not going to be like, hey, Fluffy, take me to Starbucks. It's not going to tell you, you know, all right, let's go to Starbucks, you know? Yeah. Your go-to no. guide dog name was Floppy. <laughs> <laughs> you have to prepare yourself for your cane skills. Like I had someone tell me once, a family member, they were like, you used your cane all this time. Why, why, why are you getting a dog now? And I said, just because you're blind, a guide dog isn't handed to you. Just because you're blind, it, 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 it you know, doesn't mean, oh, here, here's a guide dog. No, you have to learn how to use your cane. You have to learn how to travel independently with a cane before you're handed a leash and a harness. That's one reason why I went to training. So. And, and they're not for everyone. Like, I, no. I mean, no. me and Cleese have similar sight. It's sort of like flips here and there based on the circumstance. Right. But, yep. I mean... Cleves could get a guide dog if he wanted one, but it's not for him, is it? Yeah, right, I've been offered exactly. off one he... a couple of times and it's, yeah, it's not for me. Yeah, yeah if he doesn't see, if you don't see yourself with a dog, you know, that's fine. You don't see yourself with a dog. Um, I'm not going to be irresponsible for other people. I can no, barely look exactly. after myself, hence the foot. Yeah, I mean, some people, Aww. a dog works for them. Some people, they don't want to deal with a dog. I'm a dog person. I'm a dog lover here and foremost. You know, I, I, I love looking after a dog, you know, I don't, I don't mind looking after my dog and playing with him and having a guide dog to me is ideal. It's something that I wanted. So yeah. please, what are, what is um, your thought process with not wanting a dog? Like you acknowledge, I'm assuming that it's not for you, but how did you come upon that decision? Basically, I decided that it would eat too much into my lifestyle in the sense that, well, physically, a guide dog would eat. And I'd have to, like, feed it every morning, take it out, do all the, you know, the usual, even if it was just a pet, just the pet stuff. And I just don't want to be responsible for that. 
I just want to go out and live my life. Whereas, you know, a cane, I don't have a feed a cane. My cane knows where I'm going, kind of, if I know where I'm going. But then again, the guide dog doesn't know either unless you know the route. I don't know. I've just always got used to a cane and I use my cane like all the time. So yeah. I, I, I've never felt mm-hmm. the need to have a guide dog yet. Yeah. So I, I'm not saying that will, that might that might change down the line, but currently it wouldn't suit my lifestyle. For example, I went out last night and I just think if it got to about nine, 10 o'clock at night, I would have had to go home to feed and take the guide dog out. Which I if, if, if I if I'd not taken yeah. the guide dog with me. Whereas with me having a cane, well, cane and crutch at the minute, I've got two poles going on. Then I, you know, it's not something I have to do. That is entirely a trade-off. And there's been many a time where we'll be out with friends and it will get to that sort of time at night and I'm like, okay, I'm going home. That's like, why? So, well, I've got a dog to look after. Like, enjoy the rest of your mm-hmm. night. I'm gone. But at the same time, in my commute, I like the mindlessness that comes with a dog because when my dog, wears, he's retired now, but when he was working, I could pop into the donut shop on the way to work grab myself a coffee and be like, okay, you know the way. I'm just going to tell you where to go. And I had utter confidence going through a busy city centre. And it's like, I'm just going to sip my coffee. I'm going to listen to a podcast. <laughs> and Wes is going to do everything because when he worked well in a busy location, he smashed it. Like He was fantastic. And then he got, wow. he got shit by the end. But in his prime, he just made everything mindless and... That's what I hated about a long cane. And I'm, I'm terrible with a long cane now, but before I got a dog... You sure I was, are. I am. I'm <laughs> awful with a cane. But before before I got a guide dog, I was proficient with one. I made do a cane, and I did quite well. My technique was decent, but mm. now that I'm in between dogs, I'm just like, I, this is rubbish. It's not for me. I don't like a long cane. Here's the thing as well. You can get a long cane. You can just order one online in the UK, get one within a couple of days. Guide dogs might be waiting years. Well, yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. I think that's the next thing if we, we go on to that quickly is in in the UK, the waiting list is around three years for a guide dog. Oh, wow. Like, is it is it like typically like without the pandemic? Yes. Yes. Three years. And with wow. guide dogs, you can be accepted for a guide dog, be put on the waiting list, and then you have a pairing visit. And they'll bring a dog out to you. You'll do a walk with the dog. And just because you think that it's getting on well, the instructor can turn around and say, this isn't going to work. And they'll just take the dog away. And then you're on the list again because they, they're experienced. And they might turn around and say, well, you were just saying yes because you want a dog. But they okay. might turn around and be like, the dog's too small for you. It can't keep up. Or the dog's too but fast for you. Do they have, like, another option for you? or Nope. It's wow. you go back on the list. And my dog retired last March. And I'm a priority case because I work and it's my second dog. And right. the pandemic hasn't helped. But I have no, no, there's no estimated date for my next dog at all. Oh, wow. It's oh. When, it, when it happens, it happens. That's what I've been told. Oh, that's crazy. That's so crazy. Like, yeah, here, um, I guess it depends if they have a dog for you. I know one of my friends, her dog is like 10, 11 now. I know she applied to two schools and the one school that she was hoping to go for, I, I want to say within like three-ish months, she got accepted and went. 
that you know they had a dog for her you know i it, i guess bottom line is it, it depends if and when they have a dog for you it could be it could be three months it could be four months five months six months a year two years and sometimes uh, the dog isn't a good match so yeah. during training if you go to a school they might have to you might switch, switch dogs yeah you mm-hmm. might switch dogs yeah because usually like here in the u.s they usually have like i want to say another dog in mind for you just in case if that doesn't work out or sometimes you know they might not have another match for you and you might have to go home dogless like i had a friend who she went to go train this was before she got her current dog she went to go train and she was matched with a dog and the dog obviously wasn't ready and she didn't feel as ready and so she had to make the choice to go home dogless so she went home without a dog and then they said well hey you know we can come you can come again once we have a match for you and they ended up having a match for her and she's been with her dog now for i don't know her dog's like what four now so maybe like two three years can you apply um, to multiple schools yes you can ah so like you, you, you can. yeah i didn't know whether you could like whether it's just a one-stop thing or whether you no. could apply to like six schools and whoever gives you a guide dog first i'll go with that yeah yeah you can yeah yeah you can apply to multiple schools so let's say if i went through a program and i applied to two three schools and i would go to the one that accepted me first given that this is the school that i would you know that i would want to go to and stuff like that obviously like i um obviously just like with college applications and colleges you know you would do your research some of them are very intense where it's like all day and even in the evening you're working with your dog and things like that but you come out of there with a very well-trained dog like it starts at you get up early in the morning and all through the day you work with them and have meals and even after dinner you're working with them or doing downtime with them and I've heard about those programs I'm like oh I would not be able to handle that just for my lifestyle yeah and health concerns so I know that wouldn't be the right choice for me so Mm -hmm. some of them are like that not all of them but they also have where like you have routes that you take them on and you find out if they can handle their those certain routes and they have cones set up and if they can weave through things and just really obstacles yeah yeah obstacles and just really good training for them but you might even it might be in the middle of the program and the dog can't handle it and so it's it's hard what about how did the program work for you t quick overview of it you get accepted after various sort of like you have assessments uh, physical, like in-person assessments, lots of forms. And then you get put on the waiting list. Then you get the dogs brought to you one by one, and eventually you will get paired with a dog. And at that point, you do two weeks intensive training in a location, and it's just a case that you just go to a hotel, usually in the middle of nowhere, and you do two weeks intensive on basic training. And then you're sort of left to your own devices. You'll get visited by the trainer 
from guide dogs once a month usually and they'll go over various things for around a year and then after a year you'll get visited every six months for the next up to five years old and then after five years old for the dog you get visited once a year after that and it's just to check that the dog's healthy happy if there's any issues you can always call them out if there are any issues which I did a few times but then yeah. after five years you've you've know each other you've, you've your partnership mm-hmm. is nailed down and you don't really have the issues the only issue that comes up is eventually the dog will stop working and that's yeah. what happened with mine that's not what's happening with Seesaw podcast yeah <laughs> I'm getting lazier and lazier by every episode. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, we're not that old yet. <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing in the in, with programs in the US. Like, you know, you have like a field rep that comes out and sees you and sees how you and the dog work and stuff like that. You can call them if you have an issue, whatever, you know, that type of thing. With any uh, programs and everything like that, what about vet bills and foods? Like, do you have to pick up that cost, or is that done by um, any of the plans? It depends. Or? It depends on the program with vet bills. Uh, I know some schools help you with your vet bills a little bit. Some schools do not. Some schools might offer discounts on food insurance, or you know, or or some something. Yeah. So over here, it's. They will pick up all the bills if you need them to. But generally speaking, they do want you to contribute if you can. It really depends. So I pay for the food, but the vet bills I don't pay for, just purely based on expense. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my retired dog, he's had two major surgeries in his life, and the last one, Cost around twenty thousand pounds, which is what twenty thousand oh. dollars, and I should have a lump removed from his leg. He had a huge oh. lump, like the size of a, a melon, and they cut it all off. And he had rehab and like like fancy rehab. Like they got him in swimming pools and everything. He went away for around six weeks, and they got him in swimming pools and all sorts of stuff to rehab his legs. And it cost a fortune. And afterwards. When he was retiring, they said, oh, well, are you going to help in his retirement? I said, I'm not paying the vet bill because insurance companies won't touch him considering how much has been spent on him and his medical issues. Like, no insurance is going to touch him now. Not, not at his age and after all his medical issues. To put that in context, I, uh, for my leg, I spent five hours in accident and emergency in a local NHS hospital. Uh, and then they gave me a phone call from a physiotherapist two weeks later and that says, Oh yeah, just shift your weight from side to side. No swimming pool for wow. you. Wow, <laughs> I'm pretty sure wow. that didn't cost twenty grand. But yeah, no, it it um it depends on the program. I know some programs help you out, and there's some or some discounts. programs help you out for a certain amount of time. I'm pretty yeah. sure like, they might be like, "Oh, we'll help you the first year," but after that, yeah, is that correct, Angie? I'm not I'm not exactly sure. I just know that some programs help you out with vet bills. Some programs might give you a certain stipend for a certain amount. Some do not. Some programs might give you a discount on pet insurance. Again, I can't really speak for that because I'm not getting my dog from a program. So but that's I what I've heard. Like the general gist. It could be just rumored or something, but I've heard so don't quote me anyone i've heard that no no 
yeah, sometimes it can be for a year or a couple. And then they're like, we have other students we have to do this for. So yeah, they move on. See, canes are much cheaper than guide dogs as well. I can buy a cane for about £40, which is about $50. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, we've gone, uh, gone on about guide dogs, but it's not the only option you have. And over here, like you said, like you're looking about £40, £40 for a cane. And but that's, I mean, as far as the training, guide dogs over here, they will do cane training as well. Like that's something they will offer. You guys have O&M, okay. right? Yeah, yes. yeah, we have O&M, yeah. Um, I know that there's, like, some guide dog programs, not all, some will have, like, a, like an O&M program where they will work with you on your cane skills and stuff like that. I think at least two guide dog schools offer something like that. Is, is there any other sort of, like, charities, organizations around that will sort of do cane training, mobility, that sort of thing, sort of outside of guide dogs? Um, the programs, the the uh, centers that Kimberly and I went to. There were three National Federation of the Blind centers there are in the country. LCB, Louisiana Center for the Blind, CCB, Colorado Center of the Blind, and Blind Incorporated, which is in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And that's where Angie and I got cane travel, cooking, even wood shop braille and computer training wait 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 uh, workshop you got some big stuff yes we did yeah that's pretty sick it it was awesome and 97 percent of the the instructors when i went were visually impaired or completely blind Mm -hmm. so and they had good techniques and guards on the saws and things like that And I learned under a completely blind instructor who has been working with wood his whole life. He was like 50s in the 50s or 60s. He's been working with a different type of wood his entire life. (laughs) (laughs) So it was nice. So we got really good cane travel. We used sleep shades, which were, which is essentially like kind of like a sleep mask yeah um and if we had some sort of form of vision even just light perception because that way you could see where the sun was in coordinates to where you were walking so if you weren't completely blind you wore those and you had an instructor that taught you cane technique and taught you how to cross the streets and taught you the buses and things like that. But outside of that training, you can have someone come to your house, a mobility instructor, an an orientation and mobility instructor, uh, aka ONM, come and show you how to do intersections around your house or what you're tell you what you're passing, things like that. I got that type of training as a kid, uh, how to use your cane. It, it can be something as simple as that, or it can be a school that's located in the state that does that type of training, but it's not as intense and is not as, as long. Like with the training Angie and I went to, the expected graduation time is six to nine months. I don't know anyone who was less than six months. Um, six months is generally the time for if someone's completely blind and has lots of skills and just goes there to learn more or learn 
the um, more challenging things or updated versions of screen reading programs and different things like that and that type of thing. So we have options. It just depends if you want to travel, if you want to stay in your state, how intense you want it, if you want it for months and you stay at a, at that location, if you want to learn in a different part of your state and stay and go back and forth from home to there, that type of thing. The same question to you then, Kim. How come you've just stuck with your cane as opposed to getting a dog? Because I don't want to wake up really early to feed my dog. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. That could change, obviously, if I get a job. I don't have a job or I'm not very like active in needing to go out. So I don't have a reason to have to take them out. I don't want to go out in below zero weather because the um, the one of the kind of requirements of getting a dog is to try to get them out and working every day. Yeah. I don't want to do that. And I don't want to, if there's someone who has other dogs, I don't want to have to bring my dog with me or have to fit them in someone's car or try to fit them on the city bus, just <laughs> that type of thing. I, I'm not out and about enough to need one. And I've gotten good training with my cane. So that's good enough for me. And that bit that T said about <laughs> leaves working with a different type of wood his entire life. I was muted, <laughs> but it made me laugh so hard. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and I love how Kimberly like she kind of like chuckles. It seems to have been a bit of a, of a running joke since the start of the year oh, that, God, that I need to great. start dating again. So yeah, I did not get to do wood shop because we did not have a wood shop instructor there, but I still got good training. So, Cleve, yeah. it sounds like who trained you? Like, because I, I don't think I even know, like, who trained you with your cane skills that are superior to mine? Oh, mate, like everything in my life, I'm self-taught. Guitar, life skills, generally being fucking awesome, just self-taught me. <laughs> um, no, no, I, I, <laughs> not like my life skills. Um, someone from the council actually came out, like the local government came out and gave me, I think it was six weeks worth of lessons. But it was about an hour a week for six weeks. And they basically showed me how to use a, a long cane. And we walked around the estate for a little bit. And that's uh, that's about all the training I needed, apparently, according to them. You seem to do okay. Oh, yeah. My cane skills are, dare I say it, sick as fuck. But that's because <laughs> you know, I, I use it every single day, pretty yeah. much. So. And mine are just lazy. I am the laziest cane user in the world. It, to the point that it's barely even. Oh, I know it infuriates you. It does. You don't use it. Use the goddamn cane. <laughs> T has yeah. it out in front of him, and that's about it. Yeah. It's there as a symbol cane, except why would you oh, not boy. get symbol canes? Yeah. <laughs> we call those identity canes. Yeah. ID canes here in the US. They're so small. 
They're so worthless, in my opinion. You see, I have a oh, massive man, we're back to one shot with Cleaves again. Inside, yeah. <laughs> see, my cane is massive. So, hey, Draco. for us, we get our canes. You can actually apply to get a free one every six months, but you can't. It's just what they give you. It's a straight one. Yeah, we yeah. have ones that fold up too. I have one that's a little more expensive. That's not free. That's $45, but it folds up. And I like it because I go in cars a lot. I go into places a lot. I like my long cane if I'm just taking a walk, but nine chances out of 10, I'm walking to get somewhere. I hated having my long cane and trying to put it in a car. There is a way to put it in a car, but it's still really annoying. And we have telescopic canes, which you have to pay for, too. That Yep, and they fold up like a telescope. Yeah, I, li- I heard about that on your OM uh, episodes. I was actually quite intrigued by that, but then I heard some people saying they were a little bit too small or just a bit tricky to use. Yeah, they're not good for long distances. Um, I also have a folding cane that I also paid $45 for. But I have... A couple straight canes, and the one that I use a lot right now, I love it so much. It's from a website called dcanes.com. It's 21 bucks. It is lighter than the NFB canes, Kimberly. It oh. uses the same metal glide tip, but I love it so much. Yeah, over here, the council will give you some canes, but... They're made of like aluminium. They're really heavy. You use it for a while, and your wrist starts to ache. Yeah, yeah. I hate the Ambitech canes. I hate them so much. Yeah, they're still heavy. But then we have to pay for our canes. Outside of that, that's the basic offering. And I just bought a new cane. It was around forty pounds, something like fifty-five dollars. That's just graphite, five foot long, decent size for what I need. Uh, My last cane just fell to pieces. It was infuriating. I don't know if I mistreat them. Uh, I read on Twitter, someone said, oh, that's three <laughs> oh, you don't use it. No, but I Please. read on Twitter the other day. Someone you should, said, you just oh, had it for like 20 years. That's your problem. No, that <laughs> cane, grade me. That cane has like moved four on. Four years old. And I saw on Twitter, someone <laughs> said, oh, my cane gave up the ghost after 10 years. I don't know if I'm doing something wrong or they never use theirs, but 10 years and it lasts you that long. I destroyed one in four. No, you didn't. You've oh, my God. 20 years. It's not 20 years. Do you think I'd have a five-foot-long cane at the age of 14? <laughs> yes. It's taller than me. Yeah, it's about that tall now. <laughs> Mine's 61 inches. All right, Mine's we're not, we're not, we're not doing inches. sizes here, girls. Come on. But ours goes, you can either get one to your armpit. Those are the ones that we talked about that are really, ex- that are really heavy. Or like well, the that NFB is if you're canes. learning how to use a cane, right? It you you know it goes well like a training um, cane up to your chest, what they call center mass, or up yeah. to your sternum, or up to your nose, or up to your head if you're a seasoned cane user and like to walk fast like me. Like my, mine yeah, and T's are both a little bit longer because we walk quite fast. Yep. yep. Yeah. The faster you walk, the longer you want it mine's to my nose everyone's like but it's so long it's so long it's like well would you want to know 
where steps are before they come, you know, you or hit first. Uh, obstacles or the curb. Yeah, or, I would really do you want to walk into traffic or yeah. do you want to know where the curb is five steps beforehand? Exactly. exactly. If it's longer, you feel it more. Yeah, I'd rather yeah. have my cane find it before I do. So, and when Draco is trained, I mean, Draco can already tell me where steps and curbs are. Like, what he'll do is he will walk in front of me, you know, I'll tell him upstairs, and then he'll plant his front paws on the first step. And that's how I know we're going up. And he'll show me, you know, I'll say downstairs and he'll show me where the first step is. I just hate using a cane in snow. Oh, oh do yeah. You, do, you, do you find that, Kim, right? Oh, yeah. Using the cane in snow. I don't know. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know what your sight is like. Using the cane, absolutely yeah. boring. However, because everything's white, with yeah. my sight, I can actually see more because everything's a bit more reflective. No, the brightness bothers I can me. See the, yeah. I can see the contrast if it's shoveled. Hmm. But if it's not shoveled, it's like, where's the damn sidewalk? You know, yeah. yep. where's the steps, you know, oh, yeah. or I God, love no. those when the plow comes through and you have to mm-hmm. walk over the snow drift that's as high as your knees just to get to the road. So, we don't so that's that. <laughs> you're waiting across and then half the time crossing the street is taken up by trying to get onto the street or off the street in time. Shit, it's crazy. So I, I think we've rounded out this episode. I think we've we've covered a lot of it, uh, really. But if we go quick fire, wait, can I share a story though? Yeah, okay, go for it. Okay, so my lovely guide dog in training. He is fantastic in public, by the way. But he's also still a puppy, so at home, you know, sometimes he'll try to do things to see what he can get away with. And so this one time, the other day, we were playing fetch, and you know, we're having fun. And he's running around like a happy man. And then, you know, all of a sudden he's like zooming. And then I hear him like chewing something. And I'm like, oh, no, what did he get into? So that I'm like trying to like get him to like give me what he's chewing on. And I'm prying open his mouth and he's fighting me. Then he spits out this thing and I pick it up and I look at it and it's You know, I wear Crocs and Crocs, they have like these little charms called gibbets that you can put on them. And I have a couple of them. And it was my Harry Potter Slytherin gibbet. (laughs) (laughs) Out of all things, you had to like try to chew that one. Yeah. Uh, See, my dog only eats poo. So I'm not taking that out of his mouth. (laughs) If he, no, I mean, I swear, if my dog were sorted into, you know, a Hogwarts house. You know, one of the Hogwarts houses from from Harry Potter, he'd be sorted into Slytherin. <laughs> He's uh, God. That's it. So if we go quick fire, we've covered a lot of like the, the mobility, like what what's on offer. But here's the question. Do you think members of the public sort of respect the mobility age that you have? And what I mean by that is I've been through like the middle of London with a long cane and businessmen and women have just stepped over my long cane and <gasps> just been like, oh, I'm just going to ignore this. Oh, that is oh horrible. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I think that's quite nice of them. They stepped over it. Yeah. Oh, well, I just oh. some of them got smack in the ass because of it. So that, that's, that happened. <laughs> Mate, T, you're going to go to jail for that shit these yeah. days. 
I know similarly. Well, my, hey, he, he's blind. He can't be charged harassment. <laughs> purpose, but, and similarly, like, similarly with like my guide dog, he got into a habit of just knocking people out of the way. He would get impatient and just <laughs> knock people out of the way. And I can see enough to see that people just aren't moving and they acknowledge that I'm there. But then Wes just got impatient and he's got a massive head. He's a stocky boy and he'd just push people in the back of the knees. And that's what he'd do. He'd just like <laughs> push his head in the back of knees and then people would move because he'll move them. But I suppose my thing is like, does that happen in, in the States much? Like do people, do you find generally respect the mobility aids or? Um, well, sometimes. Um, there are people who understand what the, what the white cane is and they'll move out of the way. There are people who don't. But I, you know, lately that I've been out with him and I have both my, tool, you know, both my, because I, right now my dog is not, he is not training in harness just yet. He'll start this summer. So I use my, my cane in my right hand and he's on my left side and people seem to respect him. They know he's working and training and not to pet him and, you know, they move out of my way too. But yeah, I mean, it, it depends. It depends. You know, it depends because sometimes you have people that want to pet the dog and I'm like, no, 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 he's working. You know, I I haven't had I haven't had a lot of interaction with that yet because he's not working with me yet. (laughs) But I will. I know. Oh, I know. You will. Like, I know you're nice I to begin with. Take it from me, Angie. You're nice to begin and with. And then you're going to be an asshole. And then yeah. you become an asshole down the line. I think after two yeah. years, I became an absolute asshole to everyone because my patience ran thin very quickly. For me, for the cane, when I first started using it, I would go to the mall a lot with my friends or my mom noticed that when we were walking she said it's like the parting of the red sea yes that's, uh, that's the analogy i use as well it really is <laughs> everyone oh that's funny your way. and it's funny because my friends would be like i love bringing you to the mall because now we have a straight shot wherever we want to go because everyone moves out of the way mind (laughs) you they don't if their backs towards you but I was just thinking this morning of how if someone were to run into you and they weren't looking where they're going and if they got mad at me I could fire back I'm blind what's your excuse yeah 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 I've had plenty of accidents like that and this was with a dog I stepped out into the road and cyclists are a menace and a cyclist oh, yes. didn't signal, and I stepped out into the road. My dog didn't catch it. The cyclist panicked and just went. He just went a ninety degree angle and hit another oh. car, and just oh, no. stacked it everywhere. And he got up, like take him on there. He was going quick, and he could have really hurt something. He got up, got his bike, and went. I'm really sorry, and just carried on cycling. Oh, oh that could wow, that's so crazy. Bad. That could have been so bad. I'm but, so afraid I'm going to get my cane stuck in someone's spokes and then uh, have it Kimberly. break and have them fall. Fucking cyclists. They need to get their own lane. That's what they need to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I agree. So I think my final question to everyone is, do you think that the mobility aids and like the services that are offered, do you think they give you the opportunity to have the most independent life that you can? think so i think so i mean be honest i mean i think that in the uk it could be better in the in certain ways but i i think the only issues i have is sort of we won't go into it today but like the the issues that come with having a guide dog 
And even though they're supposed to be allowed everywhere, there are a lot of gaps in knowledge and a lot of arguments happen. I suppose that's the one barrier that I would say is a big Yeah, I would say that I kind of feel like when it comes to guide dogs and service dogs, I kind of feel that people, the public should be educated on where they are allowed and, you know, things like that, Mm -hmm. because we've got fake service dogs cropping up and people trying to take their pet dog um scruffy everywhere you know yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I, love, I wish i wish i just want you to go give me a list of like 10 names that you would pick for a dog Angie. <laughs> <laughs> scruffy, for a guide dog any dog yeah um, any service dog i i like unique names i mean draco obviously because he's mine see um, i'm a big i'm a big fan of naming a dog human names like a friend of mine at work has a dog called Steve. Yeah. I don't know. Human names to me, just like, I don't, I'm not a very big fan of human names. So it's like, I don't want a dog name. I don't know. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, in the UK, you don't get to name your guide dog. Dog comes with the name. So, I oh, I know. Yeah, it's, the same thing in the, it's the same thing in yeah. the US. In yeah. the US, they're. In the U.S., they're named by uh, the the litter is named by the same alphabet. So, like B names, you can get Bosco, Brownie. See, I don't I've, know. I've come, come from sponsors. That's the the dangerous thing. I got okay. Yeah, my dog's name Western, as in like where we like there's a place in the U.K. called Western Supermare, and that's what he's named after. Oh, that's that's cute, yes. Weston. But yeah. I, I don't know why. I thought his name was Winston for the longest time. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people do, and that's why I just say Wes. Like he goes by Wes. But I oh by Wes. Okay. I have a friend whose guide dog's name is Eisenhower. Oh, that is so like, cute. But they like that's a mouthful and nonsense. Yeah. I'm not going to be calling my dog Eisenhower in the street. And they went, I just call him Ike. Nice. And okay. Ike I is have... fine. I have a couple yeah. pseudo names that I use for my for my dog when we're out, and I don't want people knowing his name. Yeah. You know, I'll say, "Oh, his name is you know Cosmo Saturn," or I do the same. Uh, I used to do the same. I used to fuck with people who I they're like, "Oh, what's your dog's name?" I was like, "Oh, his name is Biggleton." I'm like Biggleton. I'm like, yes. Biggleton, I love that. And I'm like, oh, "That's a lovely name." Because they don't want to up, they don't want to insult you by saying it's a shit name. So you can have fun with it. It's like, that is Biggleton. Yeah, because if people start calling your dog its name, then it gets confused and distracted. Exactly. I never understood that until our friend would, their their dog's name started with a D. So she told everyone his name was Big D. And so... I feel like there's another clear joke there. I'm not going to say it, but it is. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, but that, that's a really good tactic, and I use that a lot. And you'd also, I'd always have a joke where they say, oh, what's his name? And I say, oh, uh, Calvin. And they go, hello, Calvin. And then he just wouldn't acknowledge them because of <laughs> his name. And I go, sorry, he doesn't like you. We better leave. <laughs> he just yeah. wouldn't look. Not yeah. His name. My, my dog is very good about ignoring people. Like, someone tried to come up and pet him, and he just laid down like, nope. He's not over. He's not extremely aloof, but he's not overly friendly either, so which like is nice. <laughs> <laughs> Entirely like Cleves. 
Not overly friendly. Hey, do you know what? Right. Hey, Kim, do you, Kim, do you name your canes? Because I, I name mine secretly. No, but I have a friend who, when she was really little, she got her first cane like at five and she named it Sparkle. I think. Oh, that's nice. That is so cute. cute. Yeah. My current cane is called Cameron Diaz because first it's the cane <laughs> and secondly it. it's the whitest woman I know. Oh, I <laughs> love is... it. Cameron Diaz. I love it. Oh, now you're going to make me try to come up with something unique. I'm going to be thinking yeah. of it. <laughs> Get back to me for the next episode. Yeah. Next episode. Okay. Yeah, I want to name my I want to name my cane Carmen just because. Nice. <laughs> I'm going to name mine useless because I'm just going to blame it for all my problems. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, it's been awesome, guys. I think like, we've, we've hit time now, um, but it's been amazing to chat. But, I mean, we could go on for hours and hours and hours, but we have to put an end at some point. I know. It's always so sad when we have to end, though. But it's been Great, and hopefully everyone who's listened has got an insight into the difference between UK and US. There's a lot of difference here. Sort of, there is. The I love learning. That's it. Yeah, same. That's it. And yeah, we, we've only touched like the, the top of the iceberg. So if you're listening, you would like to have more info. There will be links in the show notes of where you can start discussion. Uh, we're on Reddit now, so I'll put a Reddit thread up with the question of sort of let's discuss dogs and canes and all these lovely things. And then maybe yeah, next episodes time. we'll read out some some stories and some ideas and, and various things what people put on the Reddit. So good idea. Yeah. Awesome. So until next time guys. I still think that bit <laughs> when Kimberly talked about woodshop <laughs> 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 So until next time, you can find Cleves at his woodshop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just sounds like I have a problem. You do have a problem. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, guys. We'll chat to you later. Yeah, bye. Thank you for listening to Seeing Things Differently. Blindness Across the Pond. With Kay and Cleves. And Angie and Kimberly. You can find us on the following social media. SeesawPodcast at gmail.com and SeesawPod on Twitter. And you can find us at Facebook at This Is What Blind Looks Like, Twitter at Blind Looks Like, and you can also email us at This Is What Blind Looks Like Pod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. I think the Zoom's quite good because it gives you the, the, the recording in video and audio, which is pretty good, but sometimes the connection drops for no reason. Hang on a second, it's recording yeah. video. I've been pissing about for ages. <laughs>